This episode of Wild Endeavors is brought to you by our podcast partner, All Hail Yogg. If you're enjoying some of the dark turns and less-than-heroic actions of our adventurers, you are sure to love the villainous undertakings in this Experience Points production. All Hail Yogg is an evil actual-play D&D campaign featuring a rotating cast of players and characters. The goal of these fell servants is simple. Free their Dark Lord, the Elder God Yogg, and bring about the downfall of the world of Undune. Now is a great time to check out All Hail Yogg, as the first episode of their new arc just dropped a couple days ago. This arc is called The Heroes, and let me tell you, they waste no time rationing things up to ten. This is a highly talented group of storytellers and a beautifully executed production. You can find them at XP Web Series on Twitter or on your favorite podcast platform. And if you don't know yet, hopefully you will soon. Yog before all. endeavors. The first of the Archface punishments behind them, the Wayward Sun stopped near Arthamor on their way to Brightmoon. Once there, Raphael's final warning to them makes much more sense. The city has been destroyed, or rather, consumed. The companions worked with the Shining Force to get to the bottom of what happened to the city. The Wayward Sons quickly recognized the handiwork of the Glutton Maw. The weaponized plants grow with lightning speed and feed on organic matter, magic, and even steel to fuel their deadly growth. The companions have seen the glutton before, and now knowing that it is in the hands of the Eternal Watch leaves them worried about the future. Before we get started, this episode does contain a major spoiler for the Shadows campaign. So if you haven't made it to at least chapter 13 of that series, I highly recommend putting this episode on pause and catching up on that one. That session and surprise was years ago for us, and we still talk about it constantly. That being said, if we've all girded ourselves against the spoiler, this is the story of the Wayward Sons, featuring Adam Rogers as the gnome rogue Malkin Kessel, yeah, I mean, I would like to check for traps and all the rogue stuff, but... Nick Feely, as elven fighter, Aramil Galadinel. Guys, I'm like the best fucking archer that's ever existed in the world. Evan Chamberlain, as the human cleric, Elemin Corster. Man, we have good intentions. We have terrible execution. Amy Jostino, as the dwarven barbarian, Therina Thunderhelm. And blah, 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 blah. I will hit my new friend again. Devin Salisbury as the Eladrin wizard, Varys Leodon. Don't pretend like you read my mind, okay? <laughs> I'm going to do a fireball, because that's what I wanted to do. And I'm Thomas Marsetti, the DM and producer of these wild endeavors. And now, episode 9, Dark Tidings in Bright Moon.
of Arthmore grow smaller as the dawn rose glides skyward and away. It had been one of the largest cities in Aria. Now it is a mass of vines, strange trees, and tropical plants that seem alien in this climate. The towering observatories, sweeping belfries, and elaborate cupolas that were signatures of the city's skyline are lost amid the gluttonous plants. The five of you were together near the aft of the ship as it was getting underway. Um, so, the way you made it sound, at least I could be wrong, because I assume things very easily, was that a Crucius blew up here, um, originally. But instead it made it sound like more like he used the Crucius's power to amplify the glutton? Is that what it sounded more like? Yeah. Was the Crucius still intact? Yes. Um, it did, like, it was glowing less brightly after he, like, charged up the glutton. Nobody would nobody would be able to, like, have some on them that they would then spread to the ship. Like, there's a big zombie fight and somebody gets scratched and they don't find oh, out until after they leave. Kind no, of it, it, from what you remember in the Cascade and, like, kind of what you saw from those, the, the collected visions, it takes a very specific type of container. And then, like, once it's released from the container, it just, it starts going. So it, it, there's not, like, a dormant okay. state of it. Like, Gotcha. So. Okay. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Like, I don't, I'm trying to think of, like, what, like, did they, was there a Crucius in Arthur Moore that they were trying to track down? And then, like, if they found it, was it the sword? And is that when they used it? Would we know that? I don't think you would know that. You, you know that they had a Crucius, another Crucius at one point. They had Elglarion's Crucius. And that was, like, the first one that you guys... Like once you knew what was going on, that's that's when you found in Rithrandir. So, you know that they have at some point found Crucius. Whether it was just those two, or if they found more of them. Well, we also know outside of the game too that they have that amulet as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We really need to get to Brightman. Yeah, we need to get more of these Crucius away from them. All right. So it's a it's a after about a, a week of of flying. Captain Wing calls you back up onto the deck as, as Bright Moon comes into view. Um, the brilliant white stone walls uh, surround a cluster of equally bright white towers. Um, bright Moon is more of a fortress than a city. Um, it's built on a plateau in the middle of a narrow canyon. Uh, the only way to reach the city is to cross one of two bridges that stretch from the walls of Bright Moon to the upper ridge of the canyon. Bright Moon is the home of the Paladins of the Armalucius. Uh, they were formed from the remnants of the Order of the Light, which are the Paladins who followed the legendary hero, Jason Brightblade, during the War of the Champions. And the Order of the Light scattered when Jason was betrayed and killed. Virtually every permanent resident of Bright Moon is sworn to service in the Order. It's a not insignificant number of people. Um, there's about 7,000 people living in Bright Moon. For reference, I mean, that's, it's a pretty good-sized city. But, so, but for reference, like, medieval London was somewhere around 25,000 to 40,000 people. So this thing is a fortress, but it's still, like, it's a pretty good-sized city. So Bright Moon and the Armalucius's main priority is to stand guard over the city of Paragon, which is just about a half a day's ride away. Paragon is the former home of the Order of the Light, and when Jason was betrayed, 
demons and shadows and undead and all other kind of monstrosities essentially were let out, let loose in the center of the city and they've kind of claimed the city and so the best that the paladins can do is kind of contain that blight to the the city limits the dawn rose uh, comes down just uh, outside the city just a little ways away from one of the bridges leading to it Do you want to do anything other than just head into the city? Uh, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. So as you uh, approach the gates, you watch the occasional wagon or a mounted group of riders ride up to the gates, and they flash a badge or some type of symbol and are let in. Is this like a, is this like a town that we're in, or is it like an outpost for paladins? It's essentially it was it was a fortress just for like as an outpost for the for this order of paladins and then when paragon fell like the remnants like the ones that like didn't just scatter to the wind all went to bright moon and they eventually like turned it into a city because like they needed people to repair their armor or like you know uh patch their their weapons and like just like as they needed more people to like maintain the order they all just came to the this place and it eventually became like a city but it's within like a fortress um, when you approach, a big, hulking, white-scaled, dragonborn elf in shining silver plate with a platinum dragon head emblazoned on his tabard raises a hand to halt you. Um, in his other hand is a glaive that looks big enough that Elemen would probably have trouble wielding it. Um, and, and Elemen, again, is not a small guy. Standing with the dragonborn is a very tall halfling, his light brown hair is wrapped into a, a top knot uh, made of his dreadlocks. He's very—he's wearing a very light-looking chainmail that is silver with a hint of uh, green to it when the light hits it just right. And on his tabard is the symbol of a starburst. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'll just I'll, like you guys know the the platinum dragon head is Bahamut, uh, the dragon god, and the starburst is the is uh, is Corellan, the 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 elven god kind of the kind of the elven equivalent of odin he's like the mm. main god but also god of like a hundred other things anybody of my order around by chance not that you can see oh, wait, just yet but like okay um but i mean like basically like you're just seeing like the wall there's some people like up on top like patrolling up but you can't see their symbols you can see in past these two but you can't make out much behind them the halfling addresses you by the light. What brings you to Brightmoon, travelers? Uh, we wish to speak uh, with um, somebody of higher rank. My my apologies if there's been an error, but I... No, we have no, not been given very wrong. word that the Ceruleans had been called on. Let me introduce myself in my group. We're the Ceruleans' sons, obviously. <laughs> We're the wayward sons, excuse me. I am Element Corstra, I'm a scion in the Cerulean sons. We're here to speak with um, somebody kind of in charge, you know, no offense. We're investigating a cave, and so we're just trying to seek out people in the city. The dragonborn kind of leans forward and looking at, looking directly at Element, his one lip, like his lip kind of curls a little bit. He says, sure you won't miss sleeping in the mud, hedge knight? I slowly turn my head. Excuse me? 
the halfling takes a little step forward, not quite actually like moving in between you, but kind of intimating that that is the intention. And he turns and looks back at the dragonborn and says, Stop, stop it. Go fetch the shield captain. They'll want to know about our guests. The dragonborn gives you like another little like quiet snarl and spits on the ground between the two of you. There's like a crackling sound as his spit freezes. And then there's a like... Uh, almost like a Rice Krispie Treat kind of sound as it slowly like starts to melt and icy mist drips up off of it. But then he turns and goes into the city. The halfling turns back to you and says, Please don't mind him. Uh, I hope it doesn't sully your image of us. Yes, not all paladins are perfect. Some of us are working very hard at it. Others, well, others are assholes. (laughs) I, I laugh at that. Uh, none taken. I actually highly respect both your orders. Um, what is his problem, though? I mean, I I don't even know this gentleman. Well, we we are all a product of our upbringing, and he's come a long way um, from in shedding his belief that all non-dragons are beneath him. Unfortunately, that means he has that much extra energy for other prejudices. And Mm -hmm. since you do not belong to an order, you kind of, you serve your, you serve your God in your own way. He considers that to be, to mean that you are less of a a servant of your God than, than he is of his. I, no, I serve an order of the Broken Blade. Yes, but not a, not an order of paladins as we do. Um, Oh, Understood. Our order accepts those of, 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 of any faith, any who wish to serve the Arma Lucius um, in our common goal. Well, I'll try not to get... I, I, my temper will be calm. As I said, a, a few assholes aside, the vast majority of us will have no problems with either you or your companions. Is there any of my uh, faith here? Yes, the fighting that is necessitated by our duty to patrol and contain Paragon has drawn a number of followers of Tempest. Makes sense. After just a little bit, a blue-skinned tiefling triton comes back with the dragonborn. Um, She's wearing a waterfall emblem on her tabard. Which you guys, you would all recognize as um, Eldath, the goddess of peace. Um, she has a pair of battle axes slung across her back, with the handles like poking over each shoulder. Um, and around her face is a like a burst of red hair, almost like a lion's mane. Because as she begins to talk and can like converse with you, you notice that the mane moves um, and reacts almost like a big circular eyebrow, um, almost as like just part of the expressions of her face. By the light, uh, I understand you have come requesting our aid. If you could tell me a little bit more about what you seek, I'd be happy to get you headed in the right direction. Uh, over my my uh, telepathic link, um, what should we tell these guys? We don't exactly ever plan this. So we're looking for information on uh, ancient artifacts. We, we can pretend this is this is also you know like flashback oh, if you guys want to have talked yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah we, never, we never planned this shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you probably would, so we can, yeah, we can take this yeah. time. So. Yeah, like for information on the king in yellow, what would we ask about? It's a good question. Do do we would we know if they have an extensive library of history and things like that? Go ahead and roll history. Fourteen. Okay. 
So given that and your acolyte background, you know that they are said to have a significant volume of information on the protection against and like the battling and exercising of unnatural and extraplanar threats. Uh, but they are not necessarily known for like a specific singular library or archive, just that they're, the order itself has this wealth of information. So should we ask about things with, what was the war that all the Crucius were made for? Uh, war of the Champions. Yeah, that one. Was this the last known location of Jason Brightwood? Um, he is laid to rest like here, but he, he died in Paragon. We could say that we're like trying to invest, or we're just looking into more information about Jason, and mm-hmm. would like to see his grave shrine. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll say I like to pay my respects to him, and also gain more information about the locale. Okay, I'd be happy to take you to Brightblade's Rest directly. She then motions for you to follow her and begins to lead you through the city. And again, it's a you know it's a city that was. It was built as a fortress, not as a city. So even though it's changed quite a bit over the, the years it's become a city, like everything is very pragmatic, very like Spartan-esque. Um, instead of like stores and street vendors and, and artisans like with their wares out, there are people just lined up to go in through like heavily ironed oak doors at the base of a, like a tower or going into like a, a large bunker type building um, set along the streets. The, like the buildings um, are very close together. There's not a lot of wasted space. Um, the people moving about in the city are all either wearing the silver armor, like the paladins that you met at the the gate, um, with the white tabard and a variety of like the the good aligned gods or goddesses um, on their tabard, um, or they are wearing like a very stiff uh, like Viking like leather armor that is uh that's also white and then the majority of the people that you see are dressed in white um gi-like outfits when you look more closely you can see that there is quite a bit of difference in like the styles of the cuts and like the types um and the patterns of embroidery on the various um outfits so it's not like it's a actual uniform uniform but it definitely gives off a, a certain vibe as you begin walking through the city, Elemen, your um, lycanthrope sense goes off. There oh. are lycanthropes somewhere near around. With how close they feel and where you are, they are almost certainly in the city itself. I forgot I still have that sense. <laughs> is, it, is it like like hair at the back of my neck standing up? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're taken to a room. Does it make my scar like freak out? Sure. Yeah, gives you a little yeah, give you a little tingle. I don't know if you know what that then means. I, I don't think we've established that. Uh... I mean, we've said that the scar is from right. element attack when it mm-hmm. was beast form. I'm good with that. Yeah, your your scar is tickling. So I'd probably be raging. I'm gonna be kicked out of here. What does that look like if you're raging and raging and just walking around? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like. When people with anxiety just get, like, really tense and are just like... Okay. Yeah, so if somebody were to, like, confront her, she'd probably, like, hit them accidentally. Please don't. So don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, now I kind of want to. (laughs) Please don't. (laughs) I don't want us to get kicked out of here yet. (laughs) Um, 
You are you're taken to a room to wait. It's a pretty decent sized room. There are benches along each wall. Um, there's an eight person table in the center of the room with chairs all around it. The wall opposite the the entrance to the room is a stone lattice, and on the other side of it, you can see a squadron of the leather clad um, warriors doing drills as a paladin paces around them. You're there long enough that you're beginning to wonder if they forgot about you when the door opens and a broad-shouldered human walks into the room. Uh, He has wavy orange hair that is loose and down to his shoulders. His olive-colored skin has that heat of somebody who's been out in the sun for too long. Um, Over his armor is a tabard bearing a silver crescent moon, which is the the symbol of Salune, the Lady of the Moon. Um, His face is broad and just a little bit flat for uh, humans. And even though he is large, about the size, maybe a little bit larger than Elemen, he moves with a very noticeable grace, almost an elven grace to him. An Elemen, you get a spike on your lycanthrope radar. Um, this guy mm-hmm. is almost certainly a lycanthrope. And even though he looks very different, much more muscular, much bigger um, than the lanky, bookish clerk that you knew, um, you all recognize Wendell Gray. Who is the quartermaster you re- you rescued from false yeah. murder charges, and from a pack of werewolves? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He. Yeah. He's he's the were. Uh, he's like the were tiger. Were tiger. Yeah. Damn. That was a long time ago. That was during the siege of Valorhold. So in game time, for your characters, that was about a year and a half ago, give or take, because of your time jump from the first visit to the Feywild. It's closer to four and a half years for Wendell and in real world time that was actually almost exactly 40 sessions ago Damn. Wendell smiles and says well we'll be damned when we overheard the shield captain talking about our visitors we thought there was no way it could be you but also no way anyone else could live up to your descriptions it's I'd good to see you walk over and shake his hand and, and give him a big old embrace he, he returns it very warmly yeah. I feel like him and I have a bond here. <laughs> sure. So the the, the shield captain uh, mentioned she was a little uncertain about what you were looking for. Uh, what what brings you to Brightmoon? Yeah. Um, can we speak in private, Wendell? Just the two of us, or? Well, no. I mean the uh, you and us, the group. <laughs> yeah. No one will listen to us here. Okay. I'm actually looking for. We're looking for information on some Crucius. They're powerful items that were used during... It's not something that's uh, common for a lot of people to ask about, but we know what they are. Okay, I didn't know if you knew what it was. Okay, I'm sorry. Insult your intelligence. No, 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 he he doesn't seem assaulted. He's just... Okay. Back when we first met, we had no idea of some very bad things that we're not in control of, but now we're aware of these, and... We really could use some knowledge here and some help. You know that there was never a Crucius made for Jason, right? Correct. Yeah, I know he died before they were made. Um, but may may we ask why you think there might be Crucius here, or <sighs> Aglarion still lives? That gets his attention. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and Aglarion believes that there would be a Crucius here. Well, that is... Were we supposed to 
let people know that Aglarion was alive? Eh, not so much. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I'm okay. telling him this in confidence. I say you clearly trust him. I mean, that's okay. In our like silent intercom thing, can I ask them what they think he means by "we"? Because like normal people don't respond in "we's." Well, I think he means the order, but I, I see what you're saying. Okay. Uh, I, I I'll say that, and I'm like, Wendell, this is between you and me. Oh, of course. We won't tell anyone. Do, um, who's we? He looks a little confused for a moment or two, and then realization kind of dawns, and, oh, it is uh, myself and what most people would call uh, the beast within me. Oh, you mean your tiger form? Yes, our companion. Do you not control it? No, not at all. We work together. Okay. Okay. Do you trust your your, uh, other form? We would not be here otherwise. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Well, I, you know, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> we serve the Lady of the Moon. Through her, we have the strength to join together without being dragged into the darkness of, of Malar's taint. We are the beast and the man. Well, Wendell, I'm glad you found faith. I really am. And I'm glad to see you're doing well. It's been a very long time. We would not be here without you. I don't know if you know, but I also suffered the Beast Lord's curse. His voice lowers a little bit, and he says, We did not want to mention that in in case it is a a wound that is yet to heal, but we sensed that you had... that uh, part of you is missing. I am fine. Um, I was able to have the curse removed, but I still... it still has a mark on my soul. And then I lean forward and say, and it still has a mark on my shoulder. Yes, I'm sorry about that. But Well, as long as you are content with your path. Was there um, anything other than the Crucius that we could help you with? Um, we are also looking for information about a king in yellow, who is also known as ha- Haster, is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, Haster, okay. Wendell's brows furrows. That name is not used lightly here. Um, why do you, like you use more? it? Uh, well, I think he might have some sort of connection to my hammer, and I show him Baharoth. Uh. He looks like word wordly at the door behind him. Um, we would we would not mention that to anyone else here. The Order has had some problems with yellow cultists lately. If anyone thought you had any kind of connection... We, do, we, do, we don't seek a, an alliance or anything with them. No. They, they, I think that no. they've, been, they've been causing a problem for us, so we were just kind of... Where would you find the yellow cultists if, you know, you were looking for them? The Order has recently driven them out of a, a, a secret monastery of theirs in the hills not far from here. We can we can ask some of the other paladins for you. They might be able to give us uh, some more direction for you. We mentioned not saying it to anyone else. Um, we believe that you have nothing to do with the yellow cultists, but as we mentioned, it's been it's been a problem, and any hint of a connection might 
become a problem for you as well. <laughs> the only thing worse would be is if you were having visions of them. <laughs> <laughs> that would be weird, wouldn't yeah, it? We're, wouldn't we're sorry. We, we have a strange sense of humor since our joining. Well, would, the good uh, news is what, what that's not an issue. Real quick, Therina, remind me, do the rest of the Wayward Sons know that you have had visions of the King in Yellow? Like, have you told them? Mm-hmm. You, why do you sound worried about visions? What is that? What ill omen does that bear? Well, visions from any kind of entity like that, uh, a demon or whatever the old gods are, um, that would that would mean there were some kind of metaphysical connection between the, the person and that that being. Um, any type of connection like that could eventually be, lead to control or possession or... Wow. Yeah, it's a good thing that's not happening. No, yeah. It's, it's not happening at all. Indeed. It is not pretty. We have seen it. Well, I th- we think that... Um, and just as he says that, there's a, there's a knock at the door. And a, a robed figure pops their head in. Paladin Gray, uh, Knight Commander Elief Kin wishes to speak with you. Wendell says, we did not realize he had returned. Yes, we, you should hurry. They are already preparing for him to return to the Dragonstrife coast. Wendell says, well, please, ex- please excuse us. Um, we need to see to the Knight Commander, but we will also get more information on what you asked us. If you need anything else, uh, Partag here would be happy to help. Should the need arise, uh, meals will be brought to the room for you here, and should the hour grow late, you'll be able to return to your ship, or rooms can be arranged for you in the city. Um, if we go back to our ship, we'll be allowed passage back into the city. Y- yes, the the gate guard has been made uh, okay. uh, aware of your presence here, and I will pass word along to them that you are, that you, that you are in our care. Okay. Wendell, thank you. And it was good seeing you. Of course. Wendell then leaves, and you have the room to yourselves again for the moment. Hey, uh, Aramil, isn't that the same guy that they, uh, that's in that book that you were telling me about, like, you know, five minutes ago? I mean, like, you know, th- a couple days ago? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have recognized it as anything, like, super special, right? Um, I mean, it's not a common name. And certainly the the Elief in the book that you've read about is a paladin. And now there's a paladin named Elief. When would I have got... When did we get the book? You discovered you had it sometime after your first return from the Feywild. Um, And you remember that you got it when you visited the Tower of Salune, which would have been well before you went to Arthamore the first time. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think it's that... I think it's referencing the same person. That book seemed to talk to me. I'm wondering if it's something we should... Wait, the book talked to you? Yeah, you know this. Oh, I do know this. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Yeah, I told you this, dumbass. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. Fair enough. We try to stop I would like to explore it further, but I also understand if it doesn't uh, further our cause. Maybe we should just 
meet the guy. Where where did we find this book? Or you find the book? Tower in of a Salunic. library in the in an abandoned tower to the goddess of Salunic. Is that the where I got like uh-huh. what it was it the tower where they went up and fought and I mm-hmm. stayed back? Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they um, went up to, to fight the cultists at the top and then um Oh. Element like lost control of his beast form yeah. and like attacked the rest of the group and like Then had to like put him down to break him out of beast mode and right. then you kind of like reappeared because you had like disappeared into the library and they couldn't find you and so yeah. you reappeared and came upstairs like as they were like as Element was just like regaining consciousness and not being a, a werebear right. anymore. And then you had forgotten about having the book with you until, like, you know, at least, like, six months of your time later. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe this individual might be interested to know that he has a book with his name. Yeah, I would think so. It seems like he's going to be a, a, a major player in this. It seems like a pretty awesome dude. It, it wouldn't hurt. <laughs> Um, so you can certainly ask to meet with Elif as well, and the way we can do that is, um, Nick, if you want to play Elif a little bit, you can do that, and I'll just feed you some things that he would know that you don't know yet. Okay. Um, or I can play him if you don't want to try to play two characters. Um, Airmill should have to have a conversation with Elif. Well, he kind of does. Like he's the one with the book. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so I you think you both should play him. <laughs> You okay. should play you, F, and I'll play Aramil. Okay. Um, so we'll say that uh, Partag like gets Wendell back, and Wendell takes you to um, to Eliaf. Um, he is in a, a room that looks like a like a clerk's hub. There's a lot of desks. There's a lot of people coming and going with with scrolls and map cases and books. Um, it's a, a lot of people in white robes. The paladin stands off to one side looking down at a ledger with a robed acolyte and he's showing the acolyte different things in the ledger and like flipping a page and pointing at things why don't you tell us what you think Elif looks like now mm, like physically yeah um, I think that when we left the Shadows campaign he was like traveling with, with Hans yeah mm-hmm. so if they had seen more battle I would say he's probably a little more gruff considering he was kind of new to adventuring when we had the shadows campaign so then it's a still a fairly young like uh human male paladin pretty you know pretty built like he's he's very clearly like he's trained he's he's comfortable in his armor he looks comfortable with the sword at his side um he's got that streak of white in his hair that you know um, and we we know, and so does anyone who's listened to the Shadows campaign, knows that, that that streak of white is from his time alone in the Hell House in Carsaro Vale. As you approach him, he motions the acolyte away, kind of says, uh, "Please, please give us a moment. Uh, perhaps you can begin cataloging the items in the Footlocker. Uh, yeah, the one the one right there. That uh, the ones on the right are the ones I'll be leaving." And then he turns to you and says. Uh, light be with you. Uh, I understand you wanted to speak with me. Yes, I have this book, and it has your name in it, and I had never heard that name in real life until today. I have a book about me. That's a, su- that's a surprise. Uh, may, may I see it? Of course. 
He takes a look at it and kind of like the, uh, like a wry smile as he looks at the cover. Um, and he starts flipping through and, you know, stopping on a couple you know, pages here and there. He's like, how, how did, well, well, Hans. And he looks very abashed and like looks up at you guys in like a little panic. He's like, I mean, uh, King Gregor is fond of telling these stories, uh, especially the ones he's in. So I guess maybe they've made their way to some scribe. And he flips through a couple more pages and stops at one, um, probably about a quarter of the way through. And he says, oh, who, is, who is that? Oh, oh, I didn't recognize him by that name. Um, and he looks up back to the acolyte and says, Jameis, um, you can read the Dark Tons, can you not? And the acolyte like looks up and like, yeah, though not as well as Archivist Safine. Uh, well, can you come take a look at this, please? So the acolyte walks over and like looks where Eliab is pointing in the book. It says, "Yeah, that's Talganok. Uh, it's definitely one of the dark tongues. Probably a dialect of Abyssal. Uh, it means like Shadow Stalker or Grave Stalker. Uh, maybe like Hunter. It's not like something that like hunts the shadows. It's more like a more like a shadow that hunts." Uh, thank you, Jameis. Uh, you can you can go back, and the the athlete walks away, and Elif skims a couple more pages. Like that's that's strange. I, well, it's it's both strange. I mean, I mean that I kind of miss him, and that it was strange, and that he he was a strange fellow. Um, Do you I mean, mind if I ask who is it you're speaking of? Well, I wonder if this was even his real name. The the first day I met him, he told me not to call him Fen. I I don't even think he'd even in, introduced himself yet. Excuse me, wh- what did you call him again? He said he didn't want us to call him Theron Nilo. Did you... S- Therina's gonna be like, the what? what? Who, what? I'm like midway through a book and I'm just kind of like wide-eyed, like looking <laughs> back and forth. <laughs> I get really close to Elia. Did you just say the name Theron Nilo? Yes. Did you did you know Fen? And then I'm gonna. Can I put Elias uh, against the wall? And be like, what do you know about him? Whoa! That, <laughs> you you can. So whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, Fen, and and Alan. Yeah. About what did you do? Tall, real fond of wearing black. Kind of kind of cold and distant. Distant. He was our friend. I want to cast uh, hold person on Thorina. Oh come on! I'm not gonna kill him. <laughs> So Therina freezes. Elia kind of like steps away from her her grip a little bit and well, look, I'm sorry, but how did you know this then? He uh, hired me to to help him find his sister. How long ago was this? Oh, this would be at least three years ago, maybe four. Where, Where is, is he now? My heart is racing right now. Where is he now? Um, um unfortunately, he did not survive. How? Do you have a moment? I can tell you what I know. I have all the moments right now. So he tells you about Fan and his companion, Leandros, um, that he knew that they got into some kind of trouble, they were into some kind of ordeal, and escaped together. Um, Did you say Leandros? That. Yes. Do you know him, too? That motherfucker. Oh, my. Varys, yeah. you know this Leandros? Do you remember that mask I acquired? 
I do remember, yes. It might have belonged to him. All right, Eliaf, continue, please. So he goes on to talk about how, you know, Than and Leandros hired um, himself and Hans um, just outside of Arthamore, um, not too long after the city burned, um, and that the four of them, um, and eventually a thief named Calico, were trying to track down Than's sister in the in the city, trying to, tr- like, follow the, the path of the silence to the city. Um, and that they followed that lead into some kind of shadowy place that's kind of just a little bit sideways of the real world. He explains that the group was attacked by some undead creatures, and during the fighting, uh, Calico stabbed Than in the heart. When they restrained her, she said that she had done it because she was a member of the Clasp, and Than had betrayed the Clasp. He goes on to explain that he was then separated from the group, uh, that he left because he felt like he had failed to protect Than, and that later... After the group reunited, they found a, a woman who looked an awful lot like Then, um, but she had been killed by a lich, um, the, a lich that they had they had killed in order to escape the shadow, and that's that's all that he knows of of Then. I'm gonna uh, storm out of the room and Did slam that. the door behind myself. Hey, do I still have my scars from the face spiders? Yeah, you definitely have scars from some of the puncture wounds. From okay, I think I would kind of just like... I, I think at this point I, I, I've been grown used to having it, but I, I think I would kind of just like poke at it or whatever, put my hand where the scar is and just say like, how did he How did he ever... The last time I saw him, he was. we were in Acton Manor. How did he... Yeah, Acton Manor. He said something about that. Some kind of... That's, that's where the trouble started and... Yes, we went off... Him and I went off looking for a way out and I returned and he never did he was he was never too eager to talk about that only that whatever happened to him there um, he and Leandros escaped it together the pair seemed very close um, did he say what happened to Leandros yeah he'll, t- he'll tell you that Leandros died um, also in that that shadow realm okay did he ever mention us no, I'm afraid not. He 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 intimated that he was essentially alone in the world except for his sister, which is why he wanted to find her so badly. Oh no. I said earlier Malcolm's been like depressed and I think it's this like he's just like super 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 sad right now. I think well, we were like holding out hope that he was still alive somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'm going to like go out the door to like go get Elemen cuz I want him. I know that he's tried to contact them before and we found out somehow that he was still alive at one point so I want him to like go do that again just to to, to make sure I know he has a, a thing that he does but mm. so I think yeah Elman you can whether or not you have that prepared I'm, I'll just I'll just let you do that and so very similar to this was like the first time you came back from the Feywild you wanted to check on Than and, and Kara and your wife and you remember that Than like at that time when you tried to find Than it was just like it was just like nothing. It was like coming up against a wall. Um, and you knew that that could mean a lot of things, um, but you get that same sense, just like you reach out um, and where you would normally feel yourself like like your consciousness like sliding towards a person, it just nothing happens. Um, wow. I, I say he's really, he's really gone. He's, he's gone. I failed him. Malkin. I hand him the, the piece of paper that I've never shown anybody that 
then gave me. While Malkin is reading the note, what are the rest of you doing? Can Therina, like, turns to Elioff and is like, who is Calico? Um, as, as far as I knew, uh, she was a tiefling thief. She worked with the clasp out of Arthmore, and, uh, when we, when we parted ways after escaping the shadows, um, I believe her and her brother were, were planning to, her, to head home back to Arthamore. Um, Arthamore is destroyed now. I've heard. But the clasp has its hands in many pockets. Where would we find them? If I remember correctly, they, they're originally from Barathus uh, in the north. Okay. I'm, so, so Elia, you've never seen this you've never seen this book before you've never do you know what the king of cups is well yes um hans um his, him and his family uh, are of the line of uh, the king of cups they that's what they call him as for the book i i don't know how much stock i would put in it it's uh, about about halfway it seems like the author just started making things up like i don't remember any of this stuff in the back half of this book telepathically i'll tell the um, Aramil, should you mention how it kind of wrote to you? Or are you keeping that to yourself? I'm trying to figure out how to how to say it. T- uh, DM, what do you rem- can you recall that scene for me? Like, how did it play out where it wrote to me? You were flipping through, and then you just came upon, like, uh, a page where it just said, um, just the only thing it said was, help me, Aramil. It was very clearly directed at you. Gotcha. Okay. So I would say... Um, Elif, do you see anything different about this book than than any other book that you've seen? Um, I mean, again, other than that, the author seems to have made up the way he thinks my life is going to go and and how it will end. I, I mean, I'm I'm not used to seeing my my name in a book, but other than that, can you can you point me to the part of the book where the accuracy stops? and the made-up tales begin? Mm-hmm. Um, it's about the same point where you saw that message. You seem like a trustworthy guy. I should tell you that when, when I first looked at this book, um, it seemed as if something was writing to me in the book's pages. Um, something that needed help, something that needed my aid. But I have no idea... The only lead I have on the book is is that it has your name on it. Is there anything else you could share with me? The the author wrote a note to you. No, the 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 book wrote by itself. He closes the book and like holds it a little ways away from him and holds his other hand out between him and the book and um, his hand begins to glow a little bit. And he says, "Yeah, now now that you mention it, there is some there is some magic." residue here. I mean, nothing... The book itself is not magic. Uh, it doesn't seem to have any properties. If there... If there was some message that came through it to you, I, I would recommend going back to where you found the book. That is a very good suggestion. <laughs> I'm sorry that I couldn't be more help. I understand. I, I, I appreciate what you've done, and I, I know that... Um, our group may seem put down by the news that you've shared with us, but uh, we certainly understand that it 
it was not your fault. It was just news that you did not know you were sharing, and we were taken back by it. It is hard news to hear, and I'm, I'm sorry that I had to be the one to, to tell you of your friend's death. Um, I certainly understand how you're feeling. All right, at that point, I'll just kind of, like, back away. Or... Um, so back to the hallway with Elemin and uh, Malkin. You were going to show him the note? Yeah. Elemin would do the thing where he's, like, like back against the wall, but he's, like, slumped all the way down where he's sitting. That kind of thing. I'm going to show him the note. Just remind the rest of us, this is a note that Elemin found after Fen disappeared in Acton Manor. Man, I really don't know if I want to read this out loud. <laughs> I mean, that's up to you. You can also just paraphrase it, or... Basically, it's a note saying, you know, if you found this, uh, I'm either dead or something worse has happened. Finn says to me, um, I know you've forgiven me for what happened to your family, but I still hold that guilt with me, and I probably always will. He says, I am forever, you know, however not sorry for having met you. I found a great friend, but also a brother. He's saying that he would have never been able to navigate navigate out of the darkness of this world without my help. And uh, he also says, you know, keep an eye on his sister. And with his sister being dead, I failed him. I feel like, I mean, Malkin's short, but he kind of walks up and, like, puts his hand, like, on his shoulder. He just kind of, like, puts his head down for, like, a minute. And then kind of like turns his back to the wall and slumps down too I failed then so I think that's where the the other three when, when they leave the room with Eliaf you come out into the hallway to see Alamin and Malkin sitting on the floor their back against the walls very clearly trying to deal with this did, uh, did it not work Malkin he's, he's gone we never should have split up in Acton Manor. No, we never should have. I'll regret that till the day that I die. Samesies. For what it's <laughs> worth, I, I do appreciate you guys at least getting me out of there. There's... Don't think of my wishing something else happened uh, as a slight. I would have rescued you no matter what. I would rescue anybody that needed help there's nothing we can do for Fen now. The only thing we can do for us is to to keep moving forward to keep our eyes on the main goal. And I understand how hard it's going to be, but if there's one lesson we've learned from what happened with Fen, it's that we need to stick together and stay focused and keep going. You're right. Here, here. And not fight any spiders. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And if we ever run across somebody named Calico, we all kill her. Problem solved. Fair point. I think Malkin like kind of gets to his feet and like puts his hand out to to Elemin, like he's gonna help him up, which is <laughs> kind of funny. But like, mm-hmm. I think it's more of a message or like a yep. you know, it's like symbolic. symbolic. I still accept yeah. the hand, and I get up. So I, I still don't have any answers about the book. Um, perhaps we could return to the tower at, at some point in our travels. To Can I see the book, if you don't mind? Yeah, of course. I want to start flipping through towards the back. You know, you want to read like the last page to see what happens? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
I want to read the last page. The last chunk or so reads, Eliaf and the King of Cups stood on the breakwater of Shoalhearth. Behind them, allies from across Aria stood ready, waiting for the coming fight. Far out at sea, dark shapes grew larger as the battle drew nigh. Without looking away from the oncoming threat, Hans said to his friend, You know, there's no shame in staying behind me. I'll keep you safe from these big bad men. Deadpan, Eliaf replies, He of the unsleeping eyes will protect me. Maybe you should stay behind me. It would be a shame for you to break another sword. The two men smile as one of their greatest challenges rolls ever closer to Arya. But that is a tale for another time. Who's the author? There's no author attributed to it. I look up from after reading that and I'm like, doesn't seem current. It just seems like a like a like a like a tall tale. I've I've certainly never heard of a of a battle of that magnitude from no, and I've never Cups. heard of the King of Cups. Well, we just found out that the King of Cups is actually the person that this Eliaf works for. Mm. Um, so my name Hans. Yeah, Hans Hans. It's not like a kingly name at all. Um, I think we should try to figure out what we can here and now about our current situation about the Crucius. Agreed. Um, I just wanted I wanted agreed. to add the Tower of Saloon back to our uh, yeah itinerary. Mm-hmm. And I also I also don't see any negative effect coming from possibly going and meeting this King of Cups. No, not at all. Perhaps he could shed more light on this book, and maybe he knows its origin. Have I tried writing in the book back to the author? Like you tell me. No, I think I would just now think of like okay. when I, I think because in this kind of conversation, I figured out that the point where the truth ends and the stories begin is where that page was. So I think I would think like at that point, maybe I can come in, like if I flip to that page now, does it come back up? It does not. And I think as you as you flip back like around those pages and kind of skimming, looking for any kind of hints, you see that like just beyond the point where the message had appeared, it talks about Eliaf leaving Bright Moon to return to the Dragon Strife Coast, returning to the King of Cops. So it's almost like the the author is talking about like what's about to happen in the future to Eliaf. That's fucking cool. Can, so at any can can I like to to you Thomas the DM can I like ask you like hey I want to stop and read the next five pages to see what's coming up or like how is that something yeah. I can it'll take I mean it would take you some time to like to to read to really understand like what the the rest right. of that story like the is context. like but I can okay yeah it doesn't say just, what's yeah. happening with us it say it says what's happening with. Eliaf and, and Hans. Yeah. Okay, so then, yeah. Okay, I I don't need to do that. Um, I also, but I mean, I can I can imagine over time, like as you're if you're wanting to study the book more, um, particularly yeah. looking at like what the those the the latter half of the book says. Yeah, I can, think my, I can give my you interest is peaked well. in the like what the final, like it seems to me now that this Hans and this Eliaf are going to be important players mm-hmm. in something. So. I just kind of, yeah, I think I would like to read the book over time to learn more about them. For sure. Could I also at some point, if he, if he would allow me just to 
quell my suspicion and cast Identify on the book and see if it gives me any more information about this book. Sure, yeah, I'm definitely not trying to be, like, I'm not hiding the book. I would, I, I would well, like it to be a team effort to figure yeah, it out. Yeah, I, I mentioned, I know, what was it, um, Filiaf had mentioned that it had some arcane thing about it, so I don't know, that's the only reason why I'd want mm-hmm. to check it out. Yeah, when you when you do identify and I like and so you kind of like study the book, it's um, the arcane like residue on it is more like magic was done on the book and is and is like is now no longer in it, but there's still like that that residue. So it's almost like the almost like a gunshot residue, right? Okay, so it it, it seems like there's like some sort of latent lingering of, of arcane probably whatever it was that allowed that message to be written like that was powerful enough magic that it left like some residue on the book the residue itself doesn't do anything um do and other I... than like telling you that like, it was a you know of spells like that like to send messages um like sending stones or or things like that but um this was just on a this was just a stronger version of that. Can I tell what type of magic? A conjuration, abjuration? Yeah, it'd be within the school of transmutation. Alright. I'll let the group know that if that piques any of their interest so, so they know at least. And that it doesn't I'll let at least let them know that it doesn't appear to like it's gonna happen again. Yeah, the book itself is not mad. the book was a like a receptacle for the magic gotcha and the magic is no longer there so yeah, yeah I'll I, talk, think, I'll talk I definitely think away. I definitely think whatever magic was on this might if it, if it was still around it would probably definitely be somewhere that roll um, found it. roll our arcana to a 21 okay so in your studying of the book and identify and all those other things it seems like the book is more like an anchor like whoever sent the message or whatever sent the message knew that aramil had the book and so that was how it could like Uh, target the message so it was like i know he's got the book i'm gonna send the message to the book okay it wasn't like a delayed trigger spell like like probably not it's probably more it wasn't specified like when this person opens this book it's gonna activate this message um, I'm not sure that you know that. There's it certainly, to do that. Sure, sure. I think that there's there's not a lot of sign of that type of magic. It certainly doesn't mean that that wasn't there. What you're picking up from this book was more that it was a beacon, and that was kind of like the the whole point of the magic on this book was to make it a beacon, so that when a message was sent, it would go directly to that book wherever it was. I think the only other thing remarkable about it, it was it was a very powerful spell for that type of spell. Like you shouldn't need that level of magic to just send a message. So the person's still out there for sure. Whoever or, or whatever. Or whom or what or Garth <laughs> Where are you? Everything comes back to Garth. Yeah. Alright, I'll t- tuck the book away and we can move on to the next adventure. The five of you take a few more moments to regain any composure you may have lost. Perhaps there is some solace in finally knowing what happened to Then, and no longer having to wonder where your friend is. 
You step back onto the streets of Bright Moon. The warriors, the light, go about their business. You begin to walk back to the room you've been provided. Hopefully, Wendell will return soon with news of a Crucius or of the Cult of Yellow. shorter than two days yes <laughs> don't get mad Devin. what do you do what don't get mad dude yeah right. just saying, don't get mad just in general it's just a game okay. bro i'm worried about you all right sure um you all recognize wendell gray yeah oh yeah he yeah he's he's the wear <laughs> uh, he's like the wear tiger, wear tiger. yeah mm-hmm. yeah Pony LT Gray. <laughs> Damn, that was a long time ago. It's just weird. Out of game. That's just weird. But okay. I, I understand, I think. I don't think I understand. I'm laughing because I looked over and saw Amy and both laughing. I'm really sad that Adam missed that part because he, he would have been laughing. About taints? Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that what you were laughing at? Was the taint? He likes taints, yes. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just poked Ooh. his head in and gave a sarcastic look. No, he didn't say anything. Like, haha, so I'm listening. But... I mean, he was okay, right. So, what so saying are we going in? Or oh, avoiding? Malors? Malors? Malors. Malor. Adam, you know that like we're eventually going to have to go talk to Hans, and it's going to be like a big thing, right? Maybe. Well, Hans is kind of a big deal. So. <laughs> <laughs> also, at some point, we're going to have to kill Calico, so that's right. going to be fun. Yeah, sure. that will be a lot of fun. Or try to kill Calico? Oh no, we'll fuck her up. Oh, we'll kill her. <laughs>